This is a sicha of Parshas Kedoshim Chelek Yudzain, book 17 in Likutei Sichas, Parsha of Kedoshim, the third sicha. The order of Mesechtes, of tractates, of Mishnayis is that first comes, well, the Rebbe doesn't say here, but starting from Peah, but first actually comes Brochis. And then where the Rebbe starts this sicha from is the order of Peah and Demai and then Kilayim. So the Rambam explains the reason for this order. That the reason, the Rambam Pirisha Mishnais, and explaining the order of the Mishnais, why would the Mishnais set up like this? He says, after Peah, Peah is the part you need to leave at the end of the field for the poor. After Peah comes Demai, Demai is a makeup of two words. Chazal made a word called Demai, which is Do-Mai. This, what is? Demai is produce that we're not sure where the Maise was taken from it. And after the tractate dealing with the issue of Demai, then comes the Mesechta Kilaim. Kilaim is talking about the forbidden mixtures of planting different things together and also different fabrics together. Shatnes, you we refer to it when we talk about different fabrics. So why is the order again peya, demai, and kilayim? Is because this is the order in the pasuk in our parsha kedoshim to you. It says, Don't finish off to reap to harvest the end of your field. And afterwards, it says in the pasuk, You shall not plant kilayim mixture, mixture of different um, seeds in your field. So we have Peah and then Kilayim. That's why the Mishnah goes Peah and Kilayim. Ah, you're going to ask, there's Demai in between. So the fact that Demai is in between, so the Ramam says is because Demai has a relationship to Peah in as much as Peah is left at the end of the field, it's the edge of the field that's left for the poor people. Demai, we know that there's a halacha brought in the Mishnah that you're allowed to give the poor people to eat from Demai. So just like in Peah, it's the poor people that get to eat from it. Demai also has a stipulation that since it's a, it's 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 created. Demai means it's a state of doubt. Was Meiser taken or not? Now here, just to point out, if it was a a, a question whether Teruma was taken out, Teruma actually has a kedusha that makes as a holiness that if it gets mixed into less than a hundred times its equivalent. Uh, of chulin, of, uh, of, of, of standard produce, then it will create a, a, a prohibition to eat any of that. But that is Kedusha. A non-Koyan is not allowed to eat at the pain of uh, death penalty from heaven, eating truma if you're not a Koyan, if somebody's not a Koyan. Demai is when we're not sure where the Maiser is given. Maiser is the 10% that goes to the Levi. It doesn't have Kedusha. It's a monetary obligation to the Levi. So when we don't know the time of the second Beis Amikdash, when it was not known if everybody took off Miser, so when you bought something from somebody who you're not sure if he took off Miser, you would have to separate 10% to give it to the Levi if you were what is called a Chaver, if you were somebody who was scrupulous about your obligations. Since it is, however, a doubt, the Chachomim didn't put this obligation when we are feeding the poor. You're feeding the poor, they can eat from Demai. So therefore, Peya, which is... The end of the field that goes to the poor. Demai, which is kind of a sub-right uh, that poor have, is comes right after Peah. And then, as the Pasuk says, leave Peah, don't plant Kilayim. So, right after Peah comes Kilayim, again, with the insert of Demai. So, according to this, we have to understand why the Rambam, in the book of Halachas, the Rambam is explaining why the Mishnah is set up like this. But in his own book, the Yad HaChazaka, the book of Mishnah Teir of the Rambam, he first puts Kilayim, and then Peah. 
and um, different. The laws of Peah are in the beginning chapters of a, he doesn't call it Hilchis Peah. He calls this classification of Allahs the laws of Matnois Aniim, the gifts to the poor. The first of the gifts to the poor being Peah, what you leave over in your field. But why does the Rambam, therefore, if he just explained in the Mishnayas why Kilayim's first, and then Peah, why in his book of Allah, uh, sorry, he explained why Peah's first, and then Kilayim, why in his book of Allah did he set it up in the reverse, not according to the order of the Pasuk? Not according to the order in the Mishnah, not according to the order in the Pasuk. Interesting here, there's a, a, a order from the Rebbe that I would like to point out. The Rebbe says, generally speaking, Tzarech Ian Gadol, we need to really delve into, and it requires elucidation, why the Rambam set up his book of Halachas, the 14 books that the Rambam has, it covers the entire Torah, why he set up the order of the Halachas in the fashion that he did. And similarly, the same question would be in the way he set up his mitzvahs. Um, and especially the Rambam, who takes real effort to explain why the Mesechtas in Gemara and Mishnayis are set up the way they are. And he explains at great length the reason that he compiled the books that he did. So in other words, the Rambam shares with his readers his methodology on a whole, whole lot of things. But in his main book, his lead, his magnum opus, the book of Rambam, the Liyad HaChazok, doesn't say why exactly he set up things the way he did. Even if you want to say, says the Rebbe, that he explained it somewhere else. And just those writings didn't come to us. Perhaps there's an addendum somewhere explaining why he set up the Rambam, the order of Allah, the Rambam, the way it is. The Rebbe says, still, it should have been in the introduction to his book. The Rambam gives a long introduction about to why he wrote his book and how it's written, but why doesn't he write, explain the order? But that's a side question. Right here, the Rebbe is dealing right now with one aspect. That is, the Torah speaks about Peah than Kilayim. Why does the Rambam speak about Kilayim than Peah? So the Rabbaz has two answers. Rabbaz answers, one answer is follow. First answer is that the Rambam puts Hilchis Kilayim, laws of the forbidden mixtures of plantings first. Why? Because that comes as a continuation to the previous halachas that the Rambam had taught before this, and that was the laws of Erkin Vacharomim, the laws of when somebody promises to give his value to the Beis Amigdash, or other forms of gifts to the Beis Amigdash, monetary or, or, or commodities. So in the beginning of the last Patek, last chapter of the laws of Erkin and Charomim, the gifts to the Beis Amigdash, the Rambam writes that on the 15th of Adar, the Beis Din would go and pay their attention to go and find all the different things that needed to be done for the rectification of the community, communal issues. And they would see things that needed to be collected, that were committed to, to the Beis Amikdash and need to be, needed to be allocated and collected. Where do we get, where does Ramam get that from? The Ramam gets that from the mission in the beginning of the tractate of Shkolim, which speaks about the half shekels. And there the Ramam said, there the Mishnah says, on the 15th of Adar, they would um, go and do things that they were communal matters as we're going to soon see, in, in anticipation of the new year, which starts in Nisan. And the Mishnah continues and says, and they also go out to make sure that there's no forbidden kilayim, forbidden mixtures of uh, plantations growing. And they would uproot them if they were. So that's why the Rambam puts laws of kilayim right after these laws of Erkin and 
Since those things, collecting the things that were committed to the Beis HaMikdash in the Mishnah comes together with the discussion that the Beisin also went out to uproot Kilayim, so when he brought these halachas in the previous halachas about the basin going out to take care of communal things, the next stage of that is kelaim. So he speaks about kelaim. That's one answer. That's the sequence. Other answer is kelaim includes and incorporates not just forbidden plant plantation mixtures, but it also includes tree. There's a few different kinds of mixtures: trees that are planted, grafting different trees, planting different trees together, mixing different seeds together mixing seeds in a vineyard, mixing different animals to cohabit together, mixing different fabrics, wool and linen, and therefore mixing two animals, working together, pulling a, a plow together. And the Rambam usually starts off with the more general halachas and then moves over to the details. So kilayim is a more general form of halachas. It includes a bunch of forbidden mixtures. So that's why he starts out with them. And then he gives the detailed, he moves on to the detailed halachas peya. The Rebbe says that seems to require great, tzorich um, uh, requires a lot of thought. How do we really understand this? Both tirutzim seem to be in need of help. Why? First, Tadet said he said that Kilaim comes in, con- in connection with the beginning of the previous parak that spoke about collection of things that were allocated to Hektesh, in other words, public things. So, first of all, it's difficult to say that the say the order Rambam is because of what says in the Mishnah, the beginning of Shkolim. But also, it's not understood that in the end of his own parak, that he wrote on Erkem Echadomim, the Rambam speaks about how you have to give a lot of money. How should you allocate funds to tzedakah and to, uh, to things of holiness and to, and to the Beis HaMikdosh? And even though it's a mitzvah, which he says, a person should conduct himself in a benevolent way, in a charitable way, and give to holy things. Nonetheless, if he didn't do that, no issue. He's talking beyond the... the I'm assuming, beyond the annual obligation that every year has to give tzedakah. But, and a person, and even when a person does give, a person should not bequeath to Koide, should not give to the Beis Amikdash all of his possessions. And then, dot, 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 the Ramah continues, and he says there was even an enactment that Chacham said you shouldn't give more than a fifth, more than 20%. So according to this, if that's the way that previous parak finishes, Radbaz suggested that the Rambam went on to Kilayim because that's the way the previous parak, the last parak of El Chavarom began. But let's look at the end of El Chavarom, which is about giving tzedakah. So if the Rambam was speaking all the way at the end of this final parak that precedes Kilayim about giving tzedakah, he should have moved straight on into the topic of tzedakah. What's the topic of tzedakah? The laws of Matnas Anim, laws of gifts to the poor, which start off with payah. Especially that he brings there, the Rambam brings there at the end of the parak, Somebody who today commits stuff to, to the base amigdash, you have to give it to the koyanim, which is similar to giving gifts to the poor. Because koyanim, by definition, are considered people more in need because they weren't given a, 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 a inheritance in the land of Eretz Yisrael. So that's why Hashem gave them the, the gifts of the kohuna, the gifts that they get of kohuna. And one of them is that when somebody donates to... Um, not specific to the base Hamikdash, one donates money in that way, it goes to the Kohenim. It's one of the gifts that goes to the Kohenim. 
<coughs> so the Rambam should have gone and moved over onto gifts to the poor, not laws of Kilayim, because A, that Kilayim, the only explanation you have why you, to speak about Kilayim right after this parak is the beginning of that previous parak. Two, it's a side issue, it's a side connection. It's not connected like the laws of Peah would be connected to the, um, to the end of the previous parak, which speaks specifically about Tzedakah. So that's one, the first answer, difficult to see that that would be a good reason to explain why the Rambam started with the laws of Kilayim rather than Peah. Two, the second answer, the Kilayim is a very general thing. That would be a good answer if the laws of Peah would have just been taught as the laws of Peah. But the laws of Peah are not taught under the heading of the laws of Peah. <laughs> They're also taught as part of a generality of the, gift, the gifts to the poor, Matnisanim. And that includes all kinds of Gifts as well, peya and leket and shikha and the maiser oni, the tithe, right? And tzedakah. So if you want to say that kilayim comes first because it's, it's all inclusive of many things, the laws of matnis which is, includes peya, but also includes a bunch of other things. So that should have come first. And then it would be according to the order of the pasuk. First peya, then kilayim. Gimel. So we could say that the order of the Rambam is actually in the laws of Zroim, the laws of obligations related to planted things comes according to the time that they are that their obligation falls he starts off with kilayim which is the way you plant you gotta plant the way the tater wants and then once he talked about planting without mixture so he already brought in the other forms of kilayim fabrics and harnessing two animals together and so on and so forth but really it starts with the order of the way things happen in the agricultural cycle. First, plant the way the Torah wants you, not mixed seeds. Then come to the halachas that relate to the time of harvest, which is leave the end of your field, peya, and also the other gifts that go to the poor. And once we talked about the gifts that come to the poor from the agriculture, he already put in the other gifts to the poor, like maiser ani, the tithe you give to the, uh, the poor person, and tzedakah. But it based, it, the, 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 the halacha starts because it talks about harvest. So it's planting, like the Torah wants, the kilayim. Harvest, peah. And then comes the gifts that you give after the harvest and after the ingathering and after things have been placed in the granary. Those are the laws of giving. Teruma, now, now you see how much you have in your granary. Now you have to take, take off teruma, meiser, tithe, second meiser, netaravoy, and so on. And also bikurim. And then at the end, he says the laws of every six years, the seventh year, the Shemitah, because it only comes once in seven or 50 years. So that's the answer. The Rambam set it up according to the order of the agricultural cycle. The Rambam writes in order 12, why is Bikurim at the end? It happens every year. It should come before Shemitah V'yayvah. Shemitah was only every seven years. Kurim is every year. So the Rambam says in Pirash HaMishnayis, why in the book of, in the, in the order of Zeroim, the Mishnayis, Bikurim is at the end, once he finished talking about the planted things, now he talks about the fruits. Except that he already did talk about fruits. He talked about fruits, um, the, the three years cycle, and that is because uh, he was talking about Maiser Shemi. Um, yeah, you could look in order 11, you'll see that um, 
Netaravoy comes before Bikurim, even though Netaravoy is, is the produce of the fourth year, which has to be taken up to Yerushalayim. That only happens every fourth year. Bikurim is every year. But because he already spoke about Hilchas Maiser Sheni, Maiser Sheni also needs to be taken to Yerushalayim. So once he spoke about Sheni, he went to the next item that needs to be taken in Yerushalayim, which is Netaravoy. And uh, that's the fourth year. That comes even before telling us about Orla, which only comes towards the end of those halachas. But at any rate, so th- that explains that. It's the agricultural cycle. That's the way that I'm upset up the laws. Now we could, the, the sikha technically finish like, like that. We explain the Ramah. Dalit goes to them and says, I want a, a beer glatter, a more smooth explanation, according to the pnimius on Yadav, according to the inner, um, uh, uh, deeper meaning here. We could say, says the Rebbe, first by explaining about this Mishnah that we started to talk about the Mishnah, the beginning of Shkali, which says as follows, that on the first, Be'echad Ba'adar, on the first day of Adar, Mashmi and Allah Shkolim, they would announce about giving the Shkolim, Balakilayim, and about eradicating forbidden mixtures that were planted together. They talked about it first. So Torah, even the order in Torah is exact. So we have to understand, why does the Mishnah tell us about an announcement about giving the half shekel before the announcement about eradicating forbidden mixture of, of, of plantations. It should be the opposite. Why? Because kilayim, those forbidden mixtures, is a prohibition on everybody. It's an ongoing prohibition. And any Jew that doesn't know the halacha, doesn't know this particular law, he could at any moment be violating this, this uh, prohibition not to plant different kinds of, 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 of plants together. More than that, even if he's not doing anything, it doesn't require doing anything, even if he's just sitting and not doing his inactivity, if he has forbidden things planted together, two things mixed together, and they grow one two hundredth, he doesn't have to do anything for it to grow. As we all know, you know, if you don't do anything, your hair grows, right? So he could be doing nothing, but the fruits have grown. While they're growing, he's prohibiting. He's, he's, he's violating prohibition. So he has to go and uproot it. So tell the guy right away, that should be the first halacha they announce on the first of other. Guys, you have any forbidden plants planted? You have any plants mixed together forbidden way? Go uproot them right away. Don't wait a second because if it grows together, you're constantly in violation. Also, um, when you uproot it, it only helps going forward. It doesn't help retroactively. So get the guy there as fast as possible. Don't delay it by talking about giving the half shekel. With shkolim, first of all, it's not so stringent, right? Because you're not violating uh, by delaying it. It's a mitzvah saseh. We know that a doing mitzvah, if you didn't do it doing mitzvah, is not as bad as doing what you're not supposed to be doing. So first of all, also, women are not obligated in it. Also, even those that are obligated to give it, they can give it after the Shchedesh Nisan, even if you missed, it's supposed to be given by the first of Nisan, that's why they announced it 30 days before on the first of Adar. But if you gave it late, you gave it late, because there was a stipulation when they took, what was the purpose of giving the half shekel? Every year, as we're going to delve into in a little bit more uh, detail here, every year the Karbonis, well first of all, let's go back a step. The Karbonis, Tzibur, the public Offerings were bought in the Beis Hamikdash needed to be representative of the entire Jewish people. How do you make something representative of the entire people? The best way is when everybody contributes. All the money was mixed together, and now when we take every day, we purchase a carbon from the communal money. Everybody has a part in it, so everybody needed to put their money into the communal pot. Once a year, old budget was finished, new budget was spent. What was the new budget spent on a Shchedish Nisan? 
But if somebody came and gave it on the 10th of Nisan, it means he wasn't part of the communal offerings for the first 10 days. No, he was. Because the base they made a stipulation when they took the money, the communal money to be used for buying the carbon, that they have in mind also those that will be giving. So what happens? So, so it's not such a rush to announce it. So if you have two things to announce in the first of Adar, first announce Kilayim, which, which, which a person can be in violation every second. Shkolim can be next, because even if he was delayed by a few seconds and he missed the cutoff point of Rishchidosh Nisan, he was still part of it. They gave it a, few day, a little bit later. By the way, even if a person didn't give, the Rebbe says there, just to point out, even if a person didn't participate in that way, um, it's, uh, he's also part of it. He also has a portion. The Basin made a stipulation that he's also part of it. So according to this, the announcement on Kilayim should have come first. Why does the Mishnah say first the announcement was about the Shekel? So the explanation, this hey, the explanation for this in the Pnimi Sanyanim, in the inner, in the inner explanation... The Ramban explains the reason for the prohibition of kilayim. So we, often we speak about kilayim, forbidden mixtures, as being a chayk, as being a statute which we don't understand the reason for. Hashem said, no, no wool and linen. We don't understand why. But the Ramban, there are those that do give some background to this mitzvah and what we can learn from this mitzvah. The Ramban says, what's the reason of kilayim? Because through kilayim we are changing the laws of nature. Hashem made that there should be things that grow. As it says in the beginning of the creation, that the, the, the vegetation of the earth should go forth, leminoi, each according to its own species, and the tafka has to be species-based, and now a person's got me to mix things together. That's interfering and changing the way Hashem's world works, and that's wrong. You're supposed to develop Hashem's world, not chas mix what's not meant to be mixed. So why do we announce on the first of Adar, that the time to give the new shekel is because every year's sacrifices, as we said, needs to be brought from the shekels of that year. You can't use last year's budget for this year's karbanes. And the cutoff point was before Rishchidosh Nisan. Money before Rishchidosh Nisan had to be used last year. Money, the, the sacrifice for next year, were, were bought for money given after Rishchidosh Nisan. You can't mix them together. Same concept as Kilayim, we're saying, right? You can't mix one year with the other. That was Hashem's decision. And that's why in the first of Adar they announced that time for the new budget is coming. Guys, give the new shekels because from the first of Nisan we're going to be taking for the new budget. So you see, there's also an aspect here of Kilayim of not mixing things in regard to the Shkalim. Still don't know why Shkalim first and then Kilayim. says the Rebbe involved. Since Hashem looked in the Torah and created a world, in other words, the world is the source and the energy for Torah, so we understand that everything that we have in the world, it's not just dependent and we can find commensurate things, find the way it's expressed in Torah and in the way a Yid serves Hashem. No, on the contrary. First, it's the way it is in Torah. And then, and because of that, it becomes expressed in the world. And this is the reason why first they announced it was time to give the new scholar. Before the announcement, time to make sure that your plants aren't mixed up. In order that the behavior in the world, in the field, should be as it is meant to be, things should be allowed to be grown according to their species and not have mixed species, no kilayim, the, 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 the way to that and the power for that and the source of that is that the Torah tells a yid to serve Hashem only in a way where he doesn't mix up the, doesn't mix up the stuff. Things that need to be separate shouldn't be mixed. Where do we have it in Torah? And where do we have it in Avodah, in the service of a Yid to the Ebishter? The base in their Indian is Torah. They're supposed to teach Torah, the way Torah is implemented. They give an announcement. The Shekel year is about to be up. Give your new scholar. 
What does that mean? That means, remember, there's a cutoff. Next year's carbonus needs to come from next year's money. Ah, avoida. In other words, the avoida, remember, teira is teira. What you have to do, avoida is davening and then trying to make something that was carbonus. He means sacrifices. The teira here is telling us that the avoida has to be done according to the right, in the right time and according to the right mixture. Don't mix. Don't mix the shkolim and thus the carbonus from year to year. In a, in a deeper, more expanded way, says the Rebbe, it means based in then announces and thus draws down and reveals all the spiritual energies and koiches, strengths that are required for serving Hashem in the next year. One of the main services of Hashem is carbonus, as we know, right? That's why in the Beis HaMikdash, when we talk about Avoida, just Stam, we're talking about Avoida means Karbanis, Stam. When, when we default the word Avoida, when we say in Pirkei maybe the world stands on three things, Allah Torah, and Torah, Avoida means the Karbanis in the Beis HaMikdash. So the, the Beis Din unloads, so to speak, draws down and reveals all, the, all, the, all that's needed for this year, and those spiritual energies need to be used totally in the service of Hashem and in the Karbanis of the time to which they were allocated. You can't have any mixture with a different time. You can't mix from year to year. Yeah. <clears throat> Very fascinating. I once heard I once heard from a, somebody who works in an NGO, a non-governmental organization, the way it works with budgets is that let's say a person was given a budget for year 2021, so they need to use the budget that year. You would think, oh, it's good to have left over. No. If they have left over, the next year they're not going to get the budget they need. So they, at the end of the year, you'll find sometimes organizations spending more money to justify that they needed that budget, and they go for the next budget. I, I'm... This is something of chulin, something of, of, of the world. But it was an interesting thing for me to hear. Here, what, we, what we're being told is, they're be saying that the, the based in allocate, based in representing Torah and Hashem, is revealing and telling us that there's the money that needs to be used this year in the Beis Amikdash. The karbonis that have to be brought up this year. Don't take this money and try and move it to next year. Mistake. So what did they do with the extra money? They brought extra karbonis, voluntary karbonis. So the Rebbe says here that um, to point out for Rabbeinu B'chaya, Chorah 28, you're not supposed to mix things. You're not supposed to mix it. You're mixing the, high, you're mixing the super, supernal powers. Don't forget, when you're talking about Korbanis, you're talking about the energy of the world. You can't mix this year and next year. The Rebbe brings in an asterisk to the footnote that in the Eirat Torah, the Atzamatzadik writes, by Kedusha, actually, we do find mixing is very important. The Midas, we're in the middle of Sfer the Midas are mixed. So mixing should be good. Usually when we talk about not mixing things, it's about not mixing Kedusha with Klippa, with, with, with negativity, with Tumah. But says the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, look there at Great Land, and also look in Likotel Levi Yitzchak, the Rebbe's father, and Likotel Sichet, but then the Rebbe says, we understand that since it was fixed from above to give 
each year's shkolim, each year's half shekels for that year individually. So to mix them is joining two things that shouldn't be joined. In other words, Kedusha is joining, blending, when they're meant to be blended. When Kedusha, when Hashem tells you in the Torah, new year, new karbanas, then mixing them is wrong. So on the first of Adar, so now Zayin says the Rebbe, oh, and from this, once we have a Beisdin telling us, Torah telling us about Aveda, about the service of the Beis Amikdash, has to be each year only from that budget, so to speak. Don't mix the budgets. From this becomes also nishtalsha, becomes drawn down the next halacha, the way it pertains to earth, that don't mix plants. That also in the world, not just in the Torah and in the Beis Amikdash, in the world also don't mix the two different things. Different plants have to remain separate. Zion, according to this, we'll understand also why we find two times about Kilayim. It says on the first of Adar, there's an announcement about eradicating Kilayim. And only on the 15th of Adar, they went out to look to see are there instances where they need to intervene and uproot Kilayim. So on the first of Adar, that's when the announcement was about the Shkolim. That was not yet a changing of the budget. That was just a forewarning that, hello, just be aware that budget is good for the next month. Next year, it needs a new budget. And now, the world needs to also, that's the way it is in Torah and Aveda, and also in the world, we have to be, start being forewarned. We have to make sure that in the world, we don't have things that are mixed up together. On the 15th of Adar, that's when the moon was already, the moon is in its completion. Not like a Shechidosh on the 1st of Adar, where there the moon is just a dot. We know it in potentially is going to grow to full growth, but right now it's just Bekoyach as a dot. The Rebbe says in the footnote, you remember the Machlech is a Beishamai, when is the new year for the trees? Is it on the 1st of, of, of Shvat? Like Beishamai says, because the potential is there already, or is in the full development of the potential, to Bishvat, Chamishas Bishvat, which is the way we follow. There it's already there in a Bepoyal, in a, in a practical way, in a, in a revealed, in a recognized way. So now the 15th, that's when the fullness of the moon is recognized. So that's also when the shkalim start to be recognized. We start to actually actualize and implement the new budget. It's not used to the first of, of Nisa, but it's already given starting from the 15th of Adar. That's when it's actually given. We do it today, also before Purim. We give the remembrance of the half shekel, but the time of Samidash was actually given then. As it says in the Mishnah, that on the 15th of the day, that's when the, 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 uh, the money exchanges set up shop they started to collect the, uh, the half shekel. And from that becomes also in the way the world, the way we engage in the world, and on the 15th, based and went out to make sure to implement that potential mixture of plantations, which is forbidden, now to implement and make sure that it actually doesn't happen and uproot what needs uprooting. Interesting, says the Rebbe here. We'll come back in a second to the Rebbe. This is the explanation why Bechamisha Asabahadar, come back to the footnote, I mean. This is the explanation why Hamisha Asabah, the 15th of Adar, Bezin cleared their schedule and they went out to see the things that the community needed and the things that had been given to, needed to be collected, that had been committed to Hektish, to the Beis Amikdash. Just like on the 15th of Adar, they actualized the giving of the new Shkolin for the, next, for the new year. This forewarns and this reminds us that the new Keiches, that the energies that were given for a certain year, need to be used during that year. And don't mix them with the next year. Similarly, the things that people have committed, matters of communal interest, things that have been committed to the community, and 
things that begin into the base Amigdash need to be taken care of this year. We don't want to let we don't want it to roll over to Rishchidish Nisan. You got to do it this year. It belongs to this year. Interesting, says the Rebbe here. Out of thirty, let's also call this distinction between the potential of the month and the actualization of the month. We find it by the month of Adar in general. The fourteenth, and fifteenth, the month of Adar is the actualization of the miracle of Purim. Nonetheless, the whole month is called a month that was transformed. And also, practically speaking, the Gemara tells us if somebody has a court case with a non-Jew, he should try and do it in the month of Adar, any time in the month of Adar. It takes the whole month. And technically, the whole month is kosher for reading the Megillah. If somebody doesn't have any other, any other choice and they don't have a Megillah except another day in Adar, they read it then. But that's only the way it is in a potential because in actuality, we celebrate Purim on the 14th or 15th of the month. According to this, says the Rebbe, that Purim has got to do with the actualization of the month, which is on the 15th. One second, Purim is on the 14th. But there is a way that we bring in the 15th, the fullness of the month. Now, says the Rebbe, Yumtak, it will become sweeter, it will become more understandable. Why the custom of the Yidin is to pull the Su'udah of Purim into the night of the 15th. You could have this Purim Su'udah any time during Purim, but it became the custom to start it later on in the afternoon and pull it into the evening, post-14, going into 15, because actually, when does the moon become full totally? We know that the full cycle of the moon is actually not 30 days. So it's not at, day, at 15 days it becomes full. Actually, it's a little bit less. Full cycle of the moon is 29 and a half days. So at halfway through 29 and a half, you do the math, it's going to be somewhere between the, 14th, the night after the 14th and before the day of the 15th is going to be the fullness of the moon. And where it turns out we're actually celebrating Purim by custom, we actually move it and pull it into that. So he's not telling us that's what we have to do. In other words, halacha says you do it by day. Actually, some places in halacha it seems to say maybe you should do it earlier on in the day, in, in a sense. But the poyal, the rabbi quotes here, the, the, uh, the sources that indicate that it, it is a minig, you see how, well, you see what people do, the minig is, and it's not unbased. And the Rebbe is giving, now we'll understand it becomes sweeter and it becomes much more, it's not just that that's the minute that evolved, but there's actually meaning behind it because the fullness of the actualization of the miracle of Adar comes also together, is not unrelated to the fullness of the moon. And if it's related to the fullness of the moon, then it, it's a little bit after the 14th, at least a celebration of it. So we see that the Purim is on the 14th, for sure, but the celebration pulls over into the fullness of the moon. Ches. So the same way that you're not allowed to have any mixture in things of this world, plants. And you're also not to have any, any mixture in Shana, in time. The budget of last year, don't mix it with this year. New shekels. Also, you can't have mixture in the third thing, which is nefesh, which is in the person. For every person, there are things that he needs to do and he needs to refine, he needs to engage in. And you can't mix from somebody else's tasks and birurim and things he needs to refine to somebody else's. Each person has an allocation of things they need to engage in and elevate. And that's also the inner explanation in the halacha which the Ramam finishes the laws of Erkin Vachalomim, of the contributions to the Beis Amigdash. He says a person should not give all of his assets to the Beis Amigdash. The Torah says he should give from all. Mikol When a person decides to give to Hashem from everything he has, and 
our sages deduce from that, he shouldn't give everything he has. He should give from everything he has. And the Ramam concludes, anybody who wants to be spendthrift, to spend a lot of money on mitzvahs, shouldn't spend more than 20%. Why? Because he has to know that the assets, the money that he has, were given to him by the Abish by Hashem with a certain order of what the allocation is meant to be. There's the part that's supposed to be given to the poor. It's given to him as a picodin, as a deposit. It's not really his. Belongs to the poor person, belongs to the Beis Amikdash, in order to do the mitzvah of tzedakah. Then there's the money and the assets that are given to him for his parnasa, for his sustenance and the sustenance of his family. And that's why he can't contribute and spread out and, 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 and spend more than 20%, because those are the four parts were bashtim farim, they were allocated to him. Hashem wants him to have it for his parnasa and his family's parnasa. He shouldn't mix. Hashem gave him part that's supposed to be for the oni, part that's supposed to be for him. It's not up to him to mix. Interesting footnotes here. According to this, if we look at it, that Hashem gives lachatchila that 20% to be for, for, for poor, we can understand, or uh, as the Rebbe said here in the actual Sikha, that a part, the Rebbe didn't go into how much the part is, part is given for, um, for to do uh, uh, oni, hektesh, whatever part that is that's been given to do holy things, that's, so to speak, given to him as a deposit. Therefore, says the Rebbe in Order 34, we'll understand what Chazal tells us, that anybody who gives to a mitzvah cannot decrease his nechosim. What we're saying is that what you give for a mitzvah, Hashem gave you to be allocated for the mitzvah. You're not taking away, you can't give to a mitzvah and it takes away from you if you're giving what, what you're meant to be giving for a mitzvah because Hashem gave it to you for the mitzvah. We're not talking about somebody who's making a mistake. We're talking about somebody who's giving for a mitzvah in the way he should be giving. Don't worry, it's not taking your budget. Hashem gave that to you for the mitzvah. And then says the Rebbe, in order 36, if now we establish, that I've explained, that the, a person should view his money as being two-tiered. One part is l'chatchile given for, for the poor and for holiness. The other part is given for his panos of his family. And just like you shouldn't mix two kinds of fruit trees together. And you shouldn't mix two kinds of fabrics together. And you shouldn't use the money of this year, carbonus for next year, carbonus. Also, you shouldn't, a person shouldn't mix his functions between what he's meant, what he's been given, the, the, the sparks he's been given to give to others, and the sparks he's been given to elevate himself for his partners, his partners, his family. And if you're taking more than 20%, you're taking from what's been given to you and giving it somewhere we're not meant to. Says the Rebbe, but now we'll understand why the Alter Rebbe has a caveat. The Alter Rebbe says, when did they say you shouldn't give more than 20%? Only if you're giving for your own needs. But if a person is, only if you're giving for somebody else's needs, you're giving tzedakah. So then the allocation, Chazal tells us the allocation is 20%. And once you give more than 20%, you're encroaching on what Hashem has given you to, for you to be used for your things. But says the Alter Rebbe, if you're using it for your things, because you weren't perfect, and you're spending it to heal your soul, and to redeem your soul. So it's just like spending money on, God forbid, somebody needs to spend money on medicine or something else he needs. We don't have an allocation. We don't tell a person, you're not allowed to spend more than X amount of dollars on, 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 on your vacation. You ever heard somebody mixing into somebody's life like that? He says, hey, those 80% that Hashem said is mine is mine. Don't tell me how to, how to, how to use it. And Taka, this fits what, what the Rebbe is saying. That is for you to make a decision how to use. 
So if you go ahead and you realize that you need to spend that money to be able to heal your soul, to be able to make up for things you lost, opportunities that you didn't think, or, or bad things that you did, or things, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't heal a wrong by, by, by giving right. You, if you stole from something, you got to make up and so on. But I'm saying the person feels his own neshama needs to be closer to Hashem. He wants to give more tzedakah. That's for him. That's not for the 20%. <laughs> now it makes so much more sense. The Alter Rebbe says, the caveat is, you can give more if you're spending it for yourself. There's no limitation how many you can spend for yourself. So now we'll understand back to the Pnim, back to test 9. According to this, we'll understand the order of Allah and Rambam. First, the Rambam is the last parak of Erkin Bacharom. He's speaking about the gifts of the Beis Amigdosh. He says that the law is 15th of Adar, the Beis Din goes and deals with the community needs and with things that have been committed to Hector to make sure they're collected. What is that? That is to make sure there's no, there's no mixtures. Who was given needs to be taken care of before the new year. The new fiscal year in the Beis Amigdosh was Nisan. Shouldn't be mixtures. Ah, we're talking about mixtures. And, and the parak finishes off about mixtures also. He says you can't give everything you have to tzedakah. It's telling you how does that express itself in actual personal behavior. Make sure that when you give to the Beis Amikdosh, you give only money that really belongs to be given to Kedusha. Don't give away what's not yours. In other words, what doesn't belong to Kedusha, don't give away what Hashem wants you to refine in another way, to support your family, to, 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 to elevate in a different way. On the other hand, make sure to give what, what needs to be given away because it's not yours. Hashem gave you for, 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 for be giving to Hektesh. And then because that's the Avedis Hashem of Kilayim, the way you serve Hashem, so now the next Talach as follows is the actual laws of Kilayim, the way they're expressed in planting in the physical land. Aye, but the problem is a person could come to a mistake. A person could say, since Hashem gave him those money and those assets. And he made the second person. The other guy is a poor person. Why does Hashem choose me to give me the money? If he wanted to give it to him, he would have given it to him. He didn't give it to him, so he gave it to me. So maybe everything's supposed to be mine. Maybe by giving away, I'm mixing into Hashem's order of events. Maybe I'm doing kilayim. <laughs> you understand what the, poor, what the rich man can, can, can uh, mistakenly think? If Hashem wanted to... <laughs> you just told me we're not supposed to mix two things. What Hashem didn't give the poor person, I'm going to give the poor person, it's going to be a mixture. So the Rambam, right away after the laws of Kilayim, goes straight on into the gifts of Matnis Anim, how you have to give to the poor. The obligation to give to the poor. And therefore, don't talk about giving to the poor as being mixing. If you take away from that 20%, you're, 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 you're mixing. You're taking for the poor person, mixing into your budget. No, that Lechatchile is the budget of the gifts to the poor. Yud. Kondis will also understand the reason why the Rambam changes from the order of the Pasuk and the Mishnah. Why the Rambam first says, why the, the Pasuk says first pay and then kilayim. The Rambam says first kilayim and then the gifts to the poor, inclusive of payah. In the Matnes Anim, in the laws of giving to the poor, we see what's emphasized is that only a portion you have to give to the poor person. Mostly it stays with the owner. The payer, the edge of the field, the end of the field. The leket, when things drop, only if it's less than two sheaves. If it's less than two grains of corn, if it's more than two, you collect it. Shibali means the actual ears of... of, of uh, um, yeah, actually the actual uh, grains of corn, uh, grains of, of wheat. So then it's already not leket. If it falls more than two, then you, that's, not, that's not leket. You don't leave it for the poor. Similarly, by other gifts to the poor, it's only a portion. It's not the whole thing. 
And that tells us not to mix beluchnis, not to mix things. You're not allowed to mix what belongs to the balabais, what belongs to the owner of the field, with what belongs to the oni. And from that, we get to the laws of kilayim and not mixing things physically, not mixing plants. And that's why the Pasuk first says, don't mix the end of your field. And then it says, don't plant mixed things in your field. But the Rambam, the Rambam, where his take on Matnesanim um, is different. The fact that you can't give everything you have, he already said that in the end of the laws of Erkin Vacharomim. He says you can't give everything you have. Don't mix what belongs to you with what belongs to the army. So now, he comes and says the laws of Kilayim. He doesn't have to teach us this. He's already taught about not mixing. In other words, and then the laws of gifts to the poor where the, where the emphasis is, as it says, not about you not giving everything, but about the obligation to give to the poor person. On the contrary, you have to be more careful in giving than all other doing mitzvahs. Tzedakah, you have to be more careful about than all other positive mitzvahs. And that, only that way, as the Ramah says, Kisei Yisrael Miskeina, and the seed of Israel is established firmly through Tzedakah, and the true faith stands up. So let's just, let, let's go back on this point here. The, the Pasuk, in, uh, in Matnes Anim, in, in, in the Pasuk and in the Mishnah, first it speaks about Peya, and then about not mixing. Right? Why? Because in the Matnes Anim, when we talk about Peya, there the emphasis is that you only have to give part to the poor person. Right? You shouldn't give everything. We don't have to tell him now. In other words, the giving part is, is de facto, we understand. So first it says, don't give everything. And then it says, you know why? Once we're talking about not giving everything. Um, no, I'm, I'm not getting this clearly. However, in the Rambam, where this Indian in Matnasanim, that you're not allowed to give everything you have. Is already written earlier in Erkin Vacharomim. So now you can go straight into the Kilayim and then talk about giving. In other words, again, I'm not, you can see I'm not getting this. What's the emphasis when you talk about, when the Torah starts off and speaks about pay? what's the emphasis? The emphasis is that you only have to give a portion to the Ani. And that tells us not to mix. But the, play, the way it's telling us not to mix is telling us don't give part, but don't give everything. Give only part. In other words, giving is obvious. He's telling us, don't mix your part in the part of the honey. There's your part that you also, you also, actually that law is, if you make your whole field pay, it's not pay. Don't mix your part into the honey. The honey, of course you have to give the honey. Don't give more than that. So right away, you can say, um, it says, don't finish your field 
In other words, don't mix yours and the poor person. And then he goes straight on to the laws of Kilai. The Rambam already taught us the laws of not mixing. Because he already said this detail of Peya before the laws of Peya. It says it in Hilchis Erkin Vacharom in the previous book. So now we know we can't mix. So right away we continue the laws of not mixing Kilaim. And then though we may have a thought one second, if we shouldn't mix, maybe I shouldn't give it all, then we come to the laws of giving Matan Saniyah. Cult of.